listening to the two marks exclusively on the pod station. Listeners, to a new show brought to you by the two marks. This time we're embarking on a vicarious journey of discovery through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Hold on to your hats as we follow one person's experiences watching all 25 movies in chronological order. This time we're reviewing Iron Man. Welcome to the Marvel Marathon. Note to listeners, I'll be updating the number of films as Marvel releases the new ones. Let me introduce my friend and co-host, Mr. Mark Pollard. Hi, mate. Hello there. I've noticed that in your intro you haven't changed the name of what we're calling it. What are you calling it? The Marvel Rewatch. Oh, God, here we go again. <laughs> Are we going to do this every episode? No. Why not? <laughs> You'll be bored. I will. I'm already and... bored and it's only three. Yeah, well, by the time we get to them, it'll be 28 movies. <laughs> For me, it's a joke that just keeps on giving. For you. For you and you, and that's it. <laughs> and you and you and ba ba ba. Isn't that the theme tune to Jim will fix it? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Moving on swiftly. Anyway. <laughs> so, yes, I'm good, thank you. How are you, pal? Very well, thank you. Yes, we're back again, episode three. We are, and I suppose we should introduce the the star of this show. Mr. Mark Pollard. (laughs) (laughs) The person who's gagged in, you mean? Oh, don't be mean. Sorry, let's introduce our passenger. (laughs) The variant that you, you know, picked up along the way and that has energised you both in this journey. Like a person from Dover, we found you in the wheel arch (laughs) of our our vehicle. It was a little bit cramped. Let you out, we've given you some airtime, so crack on. I'm a bit hungry, though. Um, have you got a bounty? <laughs> Tears of paradise. Yeah. If they'd like to be a sponsor of the show, two max at thepodstation.co.uk. A lifetime supply of bounties will I be gratefully received. <laughs> <laughs> so just for Mark, find something for me while you're out there. <laughs> shall we explain what it is that we're actually doing? Because we, ha- we still haven't introduced the star of the show, Ishtar. How are you doing, Ishtar? Amazing. How are you guys doing? Good. Mm. Um, so... Uh, Perhaps I'm going to leave you to explain this time because this is the third film, so you should be like totally an expert at this by now. Why are you the star of this particular show? Because I am a Marvel noob, as you rightly say every week, and <laughs> sinking in now, isn't it? It is, yeah. I'm she knows the place. Dialect. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've watched the Loki series and a couple of others, and as a result of that, have started to rewatch the MCU. And um, we're well, on. you're not rewatching the MCU. Well, you're watching. I'm watching it. You guys are rewatching it. Mm. Thanks and, for that. Yeah, <laughs> but with a whole different perspective because I haven't seen them all before and I'm proper buzzing about it. Yeah, so this is for the benefit of people who haven't watched Marvel. If you've perhaps dipped your toe in it, particularly because I think Disney Plus has opened up the the ability for people to access this from the home. So. Perhaps some That's people true. didn't fancy going to the cinema to watch these films because it wasn't, or they assumed it wasn't their bag or they didn't particularly enjoy it. When you're sitting around on the couch and there's nothing on the telly, you flick through Disney+, Plus, you come across it, you have a watch of it, and lo and behold, it's actually quite good. Mm. Then you're like, well, I'd, I'd quite like to go back and watch it from the beginning. So what we're doing is, as Ishtar goes through watching each of the Marvel movies, and we're watching it in time chronological order. Chronological, yeah. It's quite important to mention that. Yeah. So, so far we've watched Captain... Captain America First Avenger. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. And so this this one's going to be... Iron Man. Iron Man. Iron Man 1. So that's what we're going to be doing. And then we'll do a show for each of the films. Ishtar can gush or not, depending upon which film she's talking about. Yeah. Uh, and me and Latham get an opportunity to, to peek back into... 
well, Matt can peek back into his notebook to discuss all of the things he made notes on many moons ago, uh, whilst I can pretend to know something about it because Lathan probably told me about it at the time. And I'll now pass that knowledge on to you, Ish. And then I start telling everybody else. So now, by the way, this is now what's happening. You've imparted the knowledge to Pollard. Pollard's now imparted the knowledge to me and I am imparting the knowledge to the rest of the world. I can't wait for my royalty check to come. <laughs> I, I will buy you a box of bounties when my royalty check comes in. It's like, thank it you. Could thank be you. soon. I'm starting to get some serious Marvel credibility and we're only on, like, movie three yeah what i would like to add to this actually is i think that mark and i would probably benefit now because we are seeing the um i suppose the benefits of our waiting so iron man there's still the it's a gift that keeps on giving yeah so we're seeing things that we've already kind of talked about mm. in our last well um, we, we've, we've recently done a review on shang chi which nicely can be found on all the major podcast platforms on the two marks channel yep. um, and if you don't know where to find it go to the podstation.co.uk go to the two marks page uh, and we're also on social media as well so facebook instagram and twitter all the roads lead back to the podcast platforms where you can listen to the show. And we've just done Chang Chi, which yep. you referred us to drops, which are actually in this film alone, which mm. which we, we didn't realise. Um, so yeah, it's still it's still harping back yeah. to stuff, which is great. So, yeah. Should caveat that with we aren't going to be doing any spoilers. I mean, Mark has developed a twitch since we first started this show trying not to mention things that don't really exist anymore um, or yet so if you are watching this for the first time we are going to do our best and we pretty much should be able to not spoil anything going forward in the future because ish hasn't seen any of that she's done uh, you've done Loki the TV series we're not even going to make reference to that because that's got spoilers in it but Beyond that, you don't really know what's going to happen going forward, and we don't want to spoil that, do we? Yeah. No. And if I have seen any films, it's not been in any great detail. It's just been something that's been on in the background and I've never paid attention to. So What I have tried to do to adapt it to make it a bit more user-friendly is add in facts as well as Easter eggs. Okay, because, yeah, my mind it gets blown when you do Easter eggs, and I just... Yeah, well, I forget the rule book we set. So the rules are that if it's in the comic books and it's not a spoiler, we can mention it. Yeah. So if we're adding depth to a character to help enjoyment, because quite often when I'd come out of these films, and Iron Man's a good example, this was the first Marvel film. Well, I saw the Hulk on my own, but I didn't realise there was going to be a universe involved, and, and I didn't particularly care an awful lot about any potential university plans. Iron Man was the first one that gripped me and during these sorts of films, Mark was the one who I'd go to and he'd give me a lot more information to pad out what I'd just seen, which made me feel more uh, invested in those characters and then when we saw the next films things happened, you go, oh my god I understand that because of the information And that's what's happening now with me, with you two so that's what we're going to try and do. So fasten your seatbelts because we're doing Iron Man 1, which is the third movie in the chronological time version. Mm-hmm. But just to make our minds slightly mashed, it's sort of the first Marvel movie that I saw. And of course, we can get to the debate. And ironically, we will be very soon getting into the debate of whether Hulk falls into this timeline or not. But this was kind of the first film I associated with Marvel. Well, this, in fact, was the first Marvel movie when they decided to embark on this massive multi-film journey. So it is the first before... Well, well, it's the first as they got their act together mm. um, and focused on what they were going to do moving forward. Because before then, 
which I'll explain later on, was a bit disjointed because they were going bankrupt. And so they basically went to the bank and went, we've got this idea. And they weren't a bit sure about who, about, well, I think um, they're going to cast Tom Cruise as Iron Man. No. Yeah, because they weren't, they weren't sure because 2008, Robert Downey Jr. was on the back of his drink drugs arrest thing. And in fact, he was advised by John Favreau to go to his um, audition in a suit to impress the uh, the people. Wow. And obviously, as we know, he's the most ideal person for it. Absolutely. So there you go. But as a result of that, the banks, the studio weren't convinced it was really unknown territory. And then we look 25 movies on and we go, why wouldn't it work? Well, I was a subscriber to the Empire magazine at the time, if you'd like to be a sponsor of the show, guys. Uh, and by the way, check out their podcast because it is great, but obviously after you listen to ours first. Um, but they, I remember they actually had a cover before Iron Man came out, which and they did a big feature article of how they were going. The, the, the plan was that the comic book world was going to introduce a universe and they were going to have characters jump in between the films in the same way as the comic books. I remember reading the article and going, this sounds great, but I just can't imagine that it's going to happen at all. Um, so, yeah, it's it was something that I actually got quite excited about before I'd seen the movie and then just, just forgot about it and mm. then saw Iron Man and still didn't really think there was going to be a universe to grow out of this because it was only one film I just knew I enjoyed it mm. and I think it was after sort of Captain America and Thor had come out in in release order that I was like ooh this is going to form a bigger picture how very exciting mm. and now we think wow Iron Man Iron Man 1 so should we get our initial thoughts from you young lady yeah. uh, before we get stuck <clears throat> into the movie or should we should we leave your thoughts until the end what, what do we think guys how do we want to do it well, I'll get them now and unpack it. Okay. Because I think probably people want to know what your thoughts are. They'll know what ours are. Yeah. Maybe. So, go on, Ish. Buzz in. What a... <laughs> I thought that was a smell. <laughs> what a film. I mean, Captain America got a 7 out of 10. You know, it wasn't the best film well, don't, in the world. Well, don't be spoiling your gradings. No, 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 I mean, no, We I'm want to keep people, in, want people to is. listen longer than the first five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and then I was a little bit disappointed with Captain Marvel because, you know, the whole cliche woman superhero, you and I agreed on that, Latham, definitely. Did, yeah. um, and then I watch Iron Man and I just can't believe, like, how good that film is. It is so good. Amazing. It's interesting that you come across as that because, having just said the preamble, which is it was the first of a multi-picture plan yeah, and the huge gamble from the point of Marvel, you watching it, obviously is a third in the series, thinking it now kind of supersedes the other two. Yeah. Means it's strong in that in, in chronological order, but also in when we saw it. Absolutely. And, you know, I have been reflecting on my very shallow comments in the last two episodes. Oh, with and Bucky. so with Yeah, well, just in general with my reviews. And so I have been a very, very much surprised about the fact that I love Iron Man and there is no buffness in this film at all. Like, zero. It wouldn't work with Iron Man, though, you see, because he 
isn't specifically a superhero. But there's nobody even as a sub-character that's, no. like, cute, so... But I still absolutely love this film. And I think that's another reason why it works on that level, is yeah. that it shows the legitimacy. Well, I actually looked into this. What, buffness? Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see what your search history comes oh, out mate. as. Oh, mate, yeah, defo. You can't have just put the microwave oven Buff on... Agent Carter. ...burnt all the hard drives, so... <laughs> Thank you, FBI. <laughs> or NSA. CIA. I, all of the alphabet ones. The cost of being Iron Man. You could be Iron Man for ten billion. There's an infographic of how much it costs to be Iron Man, including all the tech. And if you had ten billion, you could be Iron Man. So wow. essentially, Elon Musk is Iron Man. Wow! Wow! Amazing. And ten billion, considering what's he worth? Elon Musk, hundred and eighty, hundred and ninety billion. Something like that. Nineteen times that, isn't it? So. Do you know? But it was just the pure intellect of Tony Stark in this that captured me. He was an arrogant prick at the beginning. Let's be honest but then you know after the whole ordeal which we won't go into because it's going to spoil it i just got to like the fact that he was intelligent and caring well, what oh, go on. but he is but that's the character you've just described the character yeah. he's he's no less arrogant when he sees the error of his ways he's just more his arrogance is more focused towards good positive yeah. intended activities as opposed to things that just make money to enable him to continue to be an arrogant sod. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a podcast which I'm referring to as The Prediction Show from <laughs> November 2020 where I actually, I think I actually broke down oh, the fact we that go. Iron Man is responsible indirectly and directly for every villain in the MCU. Why? Well, you listen to it and you'll find out, won't you? Well, don't right. listen to it because there's spoilers in there. Play them. What? There's no spoiler predictions. Any the, the spoilers now because I was right. Thank you for that. <laughs> but what you what happened in the comics is he left university at 15, went to MIT at age of 17, and what the film does very well is it provides exposition in a unique way, which is newsreels and newspapers and Time magazine things. So if you're looking at that very quickly, you can see his rise. And, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're going to be a little bit arrogant, aren't you? Yeah, but I, I mean, mean... Have you not seen an Elon Musk interview? Sticking with the comic book character Iron Man, he's a flawed character in the comic books, quite significantly as well. Yeah. I mean, do you want to explain? Because Ish probably won't be aware of this no. at all. Well, apart from his estranged, his estranged father relationship, his parents are killed. But I can't tell you, because obviously spoilers. Mm. Although, I can tell you... Um, well, they're dead. Yeah, his parents are dead by mysterious reasons. So he's kind of brought up young, having no parents. And his his father um, is quite estranged anyway, because he's building, obviously, Stark Industries, and he's busy coming up with flying cars for Agent Coulson, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that relationship, and obviously he's created all this stuff because he's intelligent enough. So he's he's kind of become a loner. But he's also an alcoholic, isn't he, in the comics? He is, yeah. Well, he's well. He's your typical and domestic abuse as well. I mean, they don't they touch on that as well. He he, he they, they very much show him as being the not perfect. Oh, he's superhero. far from yeah. I mean, he is your philanthropic. No, let's forget that. I can't even say it. <laughs> Womanizing because philanthropic means you just give money to charity. So whatever that is. Um, <laughs> no, he just gives SEDs around he like just, yeah, business goes, cards. Have some clap. <laughs> he uh, he yeah. He's womanizer. He drinks a lot. Um, he likes to live on the edge. He's always, because he's always looking for bleeding edge technology, he's always pushing the envelope and because he's got government contracts and things like that. You know, it's all about the money. He's driving fast cars. In fact, his, his character was was um, was drawn and based upon Howard Hughes, which, if you know anything about Howard Hughes, a very sad story because he was used by the CIA and was the face of things and they just... DiCaprio him. did a film, didn't they, about it? 
They did the Aviator. Yeah. Um, oh, right. Well, in fact, he was very pioneering. He was he, he was into films and he pushed the envelope. He ended up doing one film I can't remember it's called where umpteen stunt people were killed. It was the biggest aerial um, dogfight scene for a World War One film of its time. Mm. And he, so they, they basically tailored Howard's tailored Tony Stark on Howard Hughes. I mean, it was nice the fact that you got to see how Howard Stark's story ended and how Tony Stark's story began with this film, because obviously that was left open from Captain America. So that was nice that that transition was there so quickly for me. I didn't know anything about Howard Stark because this was the first film that came out and, and this therefore the I general. haven't I haven't had what you've had. Yeah, which is super beneficial for me actually chronologically. Oh, because we haven't seen... I didn't know anything about Captain Howard Stark. America. They make reference to him in the films but yeah. I haven't seen him in anything at this point so I don't really... There's nothing to gravitate towards yeah. whereas having seen Captain America where he's in the film and there being a couple of references throughout you do have slightly more understanding of Tony Stark before you've even met him, whereas to me he was just the guy in the opening scene with ACDC rocking the house, uh, drinking, what was it, a whiskey on ice in the back of a hum, Hummer in the middle of some <laughs> Which desert. Which a great scene. That yeah. was absolutely like hilarious. Well, he's doing all the Instagram stuff. He's the kind of the, the because obviously it's 2008, so it's kind of before TikTok and all that. And he's essentially your first influencer. Yeah. And he's all about the image. What a showman, though. Yeah. The way he times the demonstration with the missiles. I know. And, yeah. and then he's got the cocktails ready as a free thing yeah. afterwards. I mean, it's called the Peacemaker or something. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's hilarious. Absolutely fantastic as a character. Yeah. So I suppose maybe we'll delve into a bit of the storyline. <laughs> Are you just checking it's still on? I've just become self aware that it's filming. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> So we'll we'll perhaps start digging into film and we'll pick up characters along the way. Uh, what we would like, or what I would like very much, is for you, Ish, to, to guide us through and stop us at, at things as you go along so that you can give us your thoughts and insight. We mentioned the opening scene of the ACDC. It kind of does one of those time things, doesn't it, in this where you start with the explosion then they go back a couple of days to explain how it got to that point Mm. which was a relatively new concept at that time Uh, it wasn't quite as as normal and routine as perhaps you probably find now Um, you've had the explosion but then we go back to him a few days earlier Uh, what were your initial thoughts of old Tony (laughs) That he was an arrogant prick. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm going to like this character or not. Because he was, you know, exactly how you described him, Latham, in the comics, that he was, you know, just a demon. A knobhead. Yeah, basically, just, you know, living off his dad's money. And you didn't really get a good in- indication that he was as intelligent as he was. And he was just, you know, he didn't turn up for that award ceremony. So he didn't really give a shit. He was just flying off the coattails of his dad a little bit. So, But even then, that's the superficial argument, not to pick up on your oh, general style-ish. But <laughs> there's more to him than that, because he's not... T- it could easily be said he didn't turn up to a, an award ceremony because he didn't particularly value giving being given public awards for things perhaps he didn't it feel was- he was worthy of. Uh, going to the, the, the woman that he bedded... <laughs> <laughs> the lady, uh, she 
she could have said no at any point. I mean, she she yeah, to be fair, it's not a Me Too campaign. She, she was a she was a serious she was a serious journalist who came up going, "Oh, stir it, Tony, I've got some serious questions for you." And it's like, "Sack, um, okay, but only if you let me ask you serious questions afterwards." I mean, she didn't have to go to bed with him, did she? There's a lack of journalistic integrity right there, and you <laughs> yeah. have to question your source material when you, when he says "sack," you mean his ball bags? I don't know what you mean. But when he's pointing to the bed, and you go. I think I'll get a story from this. But it's easy to make the assumption that he is this pretentious, um, shallow ass based on what you're being said. But actually, if you stop and think of it for a second, he's a rich billionaire. So is that why people want to jump in bed with him? Is that why people want to be mates with him? Wouldn't you want to jump in bed with a billionaire? I don't know. It depends who it is. If it's Elon Musk, I'd be like, "Mm, probably not. It's not my bag. I will... will, Add to that. That's an interesting social science experiment. Is that if if you want if you watch how people are, there's YouTube clips where somebody's sitting on a Ferrari, for example, and the previous day he's in a banger, and it's not his car, but obviously there's ladies walking past, and he's like, "Oh, do you want to lift?" And then they ignore him. Same guy next day in on well sitting next to a Ferrari or in it, and he says the same thing, and he goes, "Oh yeah, 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 hundred percent." Yeah. So you've got to you've got to allow that he may be a womanizer. But they have the ability to say no and have integrity and obviously go, well, actually, the only reason I'm sleeping with you is because you're a multi-billionaire yeah. and I might get some kudos. I'm with you. Yeah, I, suppose, so. I suppose the thing is, uh, there was actually a documentary, we'll get way too serious <laughs> here, but there was a documentary about billionaires and when they were interviewing one of them, they were saying, look, my social circle is tiny because there are only so many people I can trust because of my wealth, it's dead easy. If I make friends with the wrong person, get thrown in the back of a van and there's a ransom note all of a sudden for a large amount of money because I am a valuable asset. There are also limited people who can understand my situation. Uh, And and they weren't doing it for a a sympathy vote, but they were saying there's only certain people who can do the things I can do or afford the things or understand how little value money has when you've got so much that you can buy anything you want so it's not really money that you're looking to develop in your life and and so i suppose with tony Stark, that's a great example of he has his mate um happy roadie oh roadie so he's got his mate roadie uh, but beyond and he's got he's got um pepper pepper and he thinks he's got obi Obi. He's got Happy Happy Hogan's as kind of driver, isn't he? And, yeah. And confidant. Yeah. yeah. So he's got those four characters, but actually if you watch this film throughout, particularly in this beginning bit where we're assuming he's a prize nugget, he, he very much sticks within the safety zones of those people he holds quite close because he's probably guarded against being near other people. He doesn't want to be around other people because he'll get that artificial... Oh, hey, Tony, how are you doing? I'm, I'm good. I've got this new business idea if you want to throw us a couple of quid. Absolutely that. That's literally a Dragon's Den pitch every time he goes out. Mm. And could you be arsed if you're no. going to KFC? I hate, I hate people now and I've got no money. So <laughs> that's a good thing is that if you've got no money, then that's a good thing, isn't it? Because you've got people around you and you've got nothing. Then if you get something and they're still there then it's good, isn't it? Oh, shit. Well, thanks for just proving that I was still as superficial as I have been the last yeah, We found episodes, you in a carton, so it's, it's all good. Holy shit, I was trying to better myself, but I'll attempt it for a, well, episode four. Well, Mr Pollard's point, point is, is, is really valuable because what you see at the beginning is he's guarded. comes across as being arrogant, but actually he's not. All he's doing is he's created a protection of, around him because Rhodey is his mate, but Rhodey works for the government and yeah. the military where he's got contracts. 
you know, Happy Hogan essentially is on the payroll to protect him, drive him, take him to functions. Pepper Potts essentially is a secretary PA, although we know as things develop, it's a bit more than that. Um, well, it's it has started to look yeah, like that's it's true. developing, but also I'm saying comics as well. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's only it's only a mistake if you don't know the comics, but you know you can um, you're, you're intelligent, you can pick up on the vibes of where it's. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And then obviously. Um, the Obadiah, yeah. which is interesting because in the comics it's different to the film. His is kind of pseudo father figure that you kind of glean has picked him up when his father's well, been absent you or get dead. That. You get that from the movie as yeah. well because it said it in the. And what happens as the movie continues is they sort of sort of fall away. Well, I don't think Tony changes particularly as a character in this film. the The key difference is he finds he has a focus for his energies. So he's still got the workshop. That workshop where he was building all his suits further down in the film existed before he got there. So he clearly loved tinkering around with things. He loved building things. He loved learning things. So that hasn't changed. And the the business that he's inherited, what they did as a business just simply supplied him with the cash to be able to do what he was doing. He didn't really have any interest in what in the weaponization type of things. And mm. because of what happened to him, he suddenly found himself a focus in his life, which gave him the ability to throw all of his, his thoughts and his skills and his knowledge into that one thing. But as a personality, I don't, I don't think he's changed much in this film from the start right. to the end. He's just got a focus which is a slight difference and because they're now not selling weapons which is arguably the only bad thing he really does I, I know he's, he's a bit of a, an arse with some of his, the way he sort of does things but the main issue was obviously selling arms to lunatics. Well the way I understood that film with the dynamic shift and the, the shift for him, his paradigm was because he was kidnapped and went through that experience which he'd been sheltered from and was loving the attention because he was doing all that on the Instas or whatever it was at the time, Facebook. Um, Is that what they do on the Instas? Apparently. <laughs> I'd be rubbish on the Instas. Oh, you young that. kids. You're a man. He has this wake-up and this moment of truth which realises he's weaponising. He's given all of the enemy and essentially arming the enemy with yeah, the yeah. Stark Industry tech. So he makes the decision, which Obadiah goes, hang on a minute, Tony, but maybe you should just keep... You're not, you're not really on the board, just just shut the fuck up. You're going to do that yeah, cigarette I thing, but he smokes a cigar, you need the yeah. bigger gap in you. Yeah, it looks like I'm ah. sucking off a ghost. Oh. Um, he Obadiah's, Obadiah is like, oh, hang on, Tony, maybe you should leave it to run in the business to me because he's inherited the business, knows nothing about it, playboy, driving around in Ferraris, whatever, and then suddenly has a conscious moment of clarity where he goes, we're not going to do weapons anymore. And because of what he experienced, that then changes his trajectory but to making the Iron Man suits. Laven, you've missed a whole chunk of the film. Tell it's actually really important when he's in the cave and who actually abducts him. I don't think I've missed it because I think I've got it in here. No, think... but you've already fast-forwarded to the fact that he knows who... That he found out that, like, the weapons were being supplied to the baddies. To be honest, that brings me to one of my favourite parts of this film, which is the A-team... 
uh, sequence. Bet, yeah. For me, they should have just put the da, 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 <laughs> da, 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 the ratcheting stuff Love and ma- making suits out of rubber bands. And oh, have you got some chewing gum? Great. That's that will use that to to weld together the two pieces. Um, this is the combination of the A Team and MacGyver. It was. <laughs> it's like you're in a cave, which is usually made out of cave stuff. And suddenly wheel out a four by four armored vehicle. <laughs> I was like, "What? Where, where did you get that? Where did you get the tools? Never mind the materials to build the frigging thing." But not only does he do that, he actually makes an arc reactor. I know for his heart because he's got the shrapnel in it from the explosion. Yeah, just out of bits of copper. You know, up an heck. I struggled to. But um, I fell in love with his character there because I was like, if he's genius enough to be able to do that in a cave somewhere in the world with like the remnants of of missiles or whatever like I, i'm very drawn to intellectual people anyway so yeah that what are you doing in this room with all their freaking Nora? <laughs> do you have to do skill i think she got lost <laughs> yeah especially in the boot of the van she likes to she likes to dumb down lack every now and again lack of oxygen over the past 24 hours i like to be around the plebs <laughs> what did we think of the first suit mark one hey i like it well it's very reminiscent of the comics that's like literally a call back to the comics yeah, when they weren't drawing things properly, because and then some people couldn't. Well, in fairness, technology wasn't quite as adva- that. Probably looked like a really advanced suit in the days sixties, going back in the sixties. Yeah, mm. when people couldn't draw feet properly. No, I just thought it was great, and the fact that when he crash landed, he was like, "Oh, not so bad," or whatever he said. I thought that was hilarious. There is a callback to what thing we can't mention, although you've listened to our podcasts and watched the show that we can't mention. But in the first episode of that show, we can't mention. There's a callback to that. <laughs> so, yeah, we got the Mark 1 suit. Doesn't last very long. It's a means to an end, isn't it? Yeah. It's like your first car. It's a wonner. Yeah. As we used to say in the Conquer game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got a wonner. Yeah. Back. And then people used to line, they go, oh, I've got a 25. It's like, yeah, whatever. Did, no. you, used to, did you used to soak yours in? Hell uh, yes, in vinegar. Hell yeah. yeah. And cook them. Well, yes. I, was gonna, I put mine in there. Uh, what's the one that you put you, you cover your fence? Is it creosote? <laughs> did you use yeah. creosote? Yeah. Oh. Although I know people did like put a coat of super glue around it. Did you make a ton of money from that? I didn't do it for money. Oh, I did. I did it when I wasn't getting bullied. <laughs> to, to hide <laughs> weapons. I made it basically just like... <laughs> Ninja Lathan. Yeah, and like coconut, Conker Boy. Yeah, coconut coconut shucks. You Come on. You do a visual for that. <laughs> Brilliant. There's a, there's a visual right on that camera right there. Yeah. It looks like I'm just like, That's going like, on socials. People. <laughs> I call it the windmill. I was quite sad that the guy who was helping him build this gets gets deaded. Dead. Mm. Yeah. He was quite a nice guy. It's very, it's quite comical is this film. They, it's weird because Marvel are really kicking the tyres, finding the nice balance between humour and weight but to their characters that, and storylines. You lines. say that for every film at the minute, though, that they're still kicking the tyres, because you've said that twice. Well, yeah, because this was the first film. Captain yeah. Captain America was the first Captain America film, so they very much were mm. kicking the tyres with that character. This is the first bloody film. I mean, it, 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 I'm ignoring Hulk for the benefit of this conversation, because <laughs> as, far as, I'm con- yeah, as far as I'm concerned, it had sod all to do with the MCU until it suited the experiment and then someone wheeled it in um but they were this was the first time when they were and it was quite humorous was that because you've got sort of the second in command baddie of the terrorist organization who sort of trying to be quite mean but when they're watching them on the cctvs 
sort of saying things that are quite humorous by the very nature. He comes across as a bit of a clown. He doesn't really know what he's he's, he's doing. Mm. Um, whereas then they introduce, when they start talking about Tony or they start following Tony in a bit more detail, they do show him as a bit less of a... I don't know, anyway, I'm just saying. <laughs> There's at least one of us who isn't superficial. On <laughs> so he escapes... Yeah, he does. In his suit. In great, yeah. And great. then lands back in America and immediately wants to go and give a press conference. And have a burger. Uh, well, Classic. we had the conversation about this, didn't we? Uh, we how wanted. this film always makes me want to have a burger. Yeah. Can I ask a question just on that? Mm. If you had a burger, which place would you go for your burger? Mackey's every day. We not friends anymore. Well, it, no, it depends on what you, you see. Mackey's always makes me feel regretful and dirty inside. But that's what a burger should make you feel like. I know, but I, 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 yeah, I get that. I love a Big Mac. If McDonald's would like to be a sponsor of the show, <laughs> two marks at thepodstation.co.uk. Uh, but sometimes I want something a bit okay. so like I can't get my lips around. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Talk about the burger now. Tell me what you <laughs> What about you? Have you, you've not told me where. Yeah, you didn't even answer the question. Yeah. What you've said is Well, well, this is the thing. I, I yo-yo between maybe a Mackey's I when hope. I'm feeling a bit rough or a bit fed up, or somewhere a bit more expensive, which might be a a posher restaurant, like a gourmet burgery type place, which gives you with extra nice barbecue sauce and extra nice pickles or cheese and bacon on the top and maybe one of them onion rings going in there and it actually stops being a burger and just becomes like a four-course meal just stacked vertically. Um, So I fluctuate between those two, really. And you lay them? It's five guys all the time. Yeah, they have got they have Peanut butter. All the way burger with peanut butter. What? What? Don't error me. If you want to be a sponsor, five guys, fuck these two off. (laughs) (laughs) I'll wear your shirts. I suppose it all depends on who's paying, really. (laughs) I've got the expensive places, someone else is paying. With five guys, you've got a combination of McDonald's. I thought you were being rude when you're talking about five guys. I've never heard of five guys. I thought you were being like, oh, I love five guys. They are amazing. (laughs) Their burgers are mint. I also like eating burgers when I've got five guys. (laughs) Because it does take it out of you. Holy it shit. It's a bit too much meat. You get the meat sweat. <laughs> it does leave you a bit sweaty and moist at the end. I do have to get the Kleenex out. <laughs> Five guys, it's a combination of quality meat. Better than Burger King. I mean, King. how can you even continue this conversation right now? Because five guys. <laughs> and go there twice, ten guys. Oh, it's like an orgy of meat, isn't it? Like, oh. So there you go. We want to be a sponsor, not five guys, but the company five guys. Interestingly, just a side thing, the guy who set it up was told by his teacher he would never amount to anything and would be serving burgers. So he took that. He's now a multi-millionaire. Serving burgers. Yeah, Good lad. Watching other people. It's just a really nice place to go. And I would challenge both of you to go to there and have one of their shakes with bacon. And I feel we're digressing. I know. <laughs> So, getting back to this film. He'll be going, he'll be lots of a five guys. I don't know where there is one. Anyway. It's the Cheshire Oaks um, Coliseum. (laughs) This is where he decided, well, this is where he officially announced that they're not making weapons anymore, which obviously puts the B in old. Obadiah's himself. Yeah. Oh my God. We had the share, well, the share price plummets. Literally. (laughs) Doesn't it? We also, well, we meet a few more characters in a bit more depth at this point, don't we? Because we meet Happy. Yeah. 
Do we like Happy? Oh, yeah. John Are we Favre? happy about Happy? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there wasn't really a lot of him, really. He was a very sub, sub, sub character. I think what we might be doing... Yeah, we might be jumping ahead. Yeah, he was We might be thinking what we know now of him. And yeah, always okay. amazing. Because what did you think of Pepper? Because up to this point, you, we have seen a shit can the uh, journalist who... Which was hilarious that sometimes she has to take out the trash. I loved that line and I loved Pepper from the minute that she said that. Yeah, I mean, top class. Yeah, I love her. She obviously genuinely has care for him, you can tell, because anybody that deals with that kind of bullshit genuinely, like, you know, loves what she does and cares about the person. So, yeah, I think she was a great character, intellectual, caring. I mean, what else could you want? I mean, Obadiah comes around just to express his concerns about uh, Tony's position by coming around to his house at night with something that made me want pizza. Yeah. I mean, my cholesterol goes through the roof every time I watch Iron Man 1. Like burgers, pizzas. Yeah. Donuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. She's, she was great. He was It was a good introduction to him as well. But Obadiah's a great character. It's not a spoiler because if we're talking about this film, we know at the end he's the bad guy, but... Is he a bad guy in the comics? Yeah, he is. He's not. He's oh, not, is he? Yeah, he's not. Um, ah. They've they've changed it, like I said, and most of the other things they've taken the core comic book stories and they've adapted and updated it to suit their MCU. So he's not linked to in in the comics. He's trying to take over Tony Stark's company. So he's not part of the business. He's no. actually an, yeah. an external threat. Yeah. And I like him, uh, the actor that played him. I think he Jeff was Bridges. Fabulous. Yeah, he does a great job in this, doesn't Fabulous he? job. Did you know most of this movie was improvised? No. What, his character? No, the whole film. No. His character, when he turned up to set, off in John Favreau, who directed it, I think, um, and Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr., would be often doing um, improvised rehearsals. Right. And he, he's gone on record as saying that he found it a bit difficult because he would read his lines, know his lines, and be prepared... And they would just be riffing off each other. Mm, so there you go. No way. That's cool. So it kind of freaked them out a little bit because obviously being a professional. Also, there's there's rumor that actually, and I've I've seen an interview with Robert Downey Jr. on Iron Man One that he wears an earpiece with his lines being fed to him. No way. Who's that? Robert Downey, Robert Downey Jr. All oh, right. Because his exact words were, "People want to buy into the performance, and it's easier to do the performance." With that happening, and not like a lot of not wearing a lot of costume, so over the years his suit has become more CGI to allow him to do the performance, which I find a little bit naughty, really, mm. especially when you get paid fifty million for fifteen minutes in the Spider-Man film. It's like, <laughs> I do it for forty. <laughs> Hands up, he wants his toy shop downstairs, Aww. his little little hideaway den. Yeah, the car's got me. Oh, well, I did cry a little bit inside when he I had know. the heat thing going over there. I was like, oh, the paintwork! Yeah. The paintwork! Yeah. He's OCD. He's like, no, move the cars! <laughs> well, I mean, Tony Stark did actually say that as well. No, not the cars. But yeah, but to be fair, was... though, multi-billionaire, you just go, we'll buy another 10. I know. But yeah, it was an amazing And he's workshop. got a robot he can talk to. Well, he's got two robots he can talk to. He's got his voice, he's got his, his internal Siri machine. Which, Jarvis. Yes. Yeah, the Jarvis. One he, one he bullies. Yeah, yes. well, well, Jarvis, he doesn't really bully. Jarvis is, is like his co-worker. That's it's the hand thing that yeah. is the one that he he's quite mean to. He yeah. is a bit naughty. Can, oh. we, can we say that? No. No, we're not going to say that. We're going to say just pay attention to Jarvis and who he becomes. He's an important character. 
Well, of course he's an important character because he's, he's Tony Stark's computer, but yeah. you can't allude to anything beyond that. I'm not that. alluding to anything but else he's, beyond He's important that. before this. No, but he's not. He is. You've not seen Agent, of she- um, you've seen Agent Carter, have you? No. Well, there's your problem. Because Agent Carter... Well, chron- well no, because chronologically Agent Carter came out after Iron Man, so we can't mention it. <laughs> you and your fucking rules. But you'll have to watch uh, Agent-, Agent Carter to see what he means. Okay. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah, you? I know yeah, yeah. what you mean. Okay, there. Fine. Um, so, yeah, there you go. And then we go to, um, he doesn't get invited to the big party, does he? So he just party bombs. Now, I made a witty retort at this point because I who? referred to the Klingon at six o'clock, which was the journalist <laughs> coming over the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what? She's back. Yeah. Take your hint. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I don't know who you are now. Yeah. Security. Happy <laughs> Hogan. Stage left. <laughs> But this is when Pep yeah. and Toe Get it. find All, a moment. Yeah, exactly. You know, that was a cute moment. She genuinely cares. He doesn't realise what he's got. I think until, he does. Until he goes through that process and he starts to see her in a different light. You see, I disagree. I think he already knows who he's got. I just think he has an inability to express it because of his, his upbringing. It's because he's had to be, yeah. Because he's had to be so shielded mm. from people because of who he is and what he's got. He's very defensive and therefore has learned not to divulge anything of himself. And because he hasn't had his parents to go, do you want to live your life like that? Then um, I think he's unable to tell Pepper and show Pepper. But he does in his own little way, and she's smart enough to recognise that, which is why she tolerates his arsidery. Yeah. She like he has attachment issues. By the way, I'm copywriting that word. Arshittery. Arsidery. Arsid. Put it in a sentence. <laughs> Set, spell it. I saw you <laughs> performing some right arsidery. That works, by the way. It does. He can he have it for that reason? <laughs> he has attachment issues. She knows he has a barrier and defenses, so she know she's kind of behind the curtain in the Wizard of Oz, so she knows what he's like. And he knows that she knows, and obviously he keeps people at arm's length because everything dies, doesn't it? Yeah. No point in starting to think that's going to end. So I roll. Can we mention Colson now? We can mention whatever you want. You're in charge of this show. I'm only talking because there's a quiet point and uh, awkward silences make me feel awkward. But if you want to talk about old Colson, I'm all for Colson. Team Colson. Oh my gosh, I love him. Move Bucky over. Oh. It's not shallow. Hang on a minute. Moving him over just means there's two now in there because it's not like get Bucky out, which would imply (laughs) replacing. What we've done is we've just added to this little shenanigan. And it is shallow because you've only gone two movies ahead and you've just jibbed him off. So it is a little bit shallow. You chose him for shallow reasons. You've jibbed him for other shallow reasons. It says a lot about that she's now gone for the more balding Coulson as opposed to the one with uh, with plumes of hair from Captain Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you've seen both types, haven't you? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and he's still jibbed off he's still jibbed off Bucky no I liked his character I mean we got an introduction to him in Captain Marvel but we saw him a little bit more in this one and there's something about Coulson that that I love honestly what because um, he's not in this film massively no he's not but they're alluding to his kindness and his good nature and he's obviously trying to help him because he constantly tries to approach Pepper or to approach Tony Stark and be like, we need to have that conversation. He's there when Obadiah goes, you know, Craig, 
cray cray and thank god he was because i was like oh my god thank god he's there because pepper could have been in deep shit uh, well she ended up being in deep shit for a period of time but well it's because she was standing right next to the sewer tank but that's what happens isn't it it's all that pizza company. and burgers oh, that they've been full. eating yeah. yeah but i think he yeah i liked his character a lot in this and i'm excited to see how that develops now moving forward colton and happy hogan are both the humorous characters that break up that bit isn't it yeah, because this is the first one where he gives the full title of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes, which I, ha- I have actually put in my notes. Go on then. Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division, because we failed to, to note that last time. Now, so I noted it down. Well, we, we found this funny the first time we watched it because obviously they're going, oh, you need to get an, anachron- an, an, an acronym. acronym. You need an acronym for this. Uh, and you go like ha ha ha, but we've watched two films now where Shield exists, yeah, and has been mentioned. So it's not. I didn't find that quite as funny because they're all going, "Oh, witty bants." That's a boring long name, and it's going, "Yeah, we do need to sort it out, don't we?" Actually, it's already been sorted out. I've just yeah. watched two films where it got sorted out. So just turn around and go, "Listen, dickhead." <laughs> Here's what it's really called. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. Yeah. But at the time, it was. You're absolutely at the time. I was like. <laughs> Yeah, that's dead funny. <laughs> yeah, because at the time there was nothing else, was there? So. No. But he's very patient with them. Yeah, he is. That's what I love about him. His patience and his niceness. Okay. And his just raw sex appeal. There is something about it. Yeah, I don't know what it is. He wears nice suits. Yeah, receding hairline. Bald, I don't know. which means he's full of testosterone. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good sight, uh, sound effect, that. Uh, yeah, got to go in there. Full of testosterone. <laughs> it's full of shit. <laughs> he's test trialling his, his machine. His machine? <laughs> Do you want to rephrase Follow, that? Yeah, following on from the Colson conversation, <laughs> I should rephrase that, really. Yeah. Tony's got himself a new machine that he's reactor. really excited about. Uh, and he's trying it. Well, uh, well, there was a couple of things, wasn't there? First, he needed to swap out the heart thingy that yes. he had. That was a bit of a grim moment. When oh, yeah. oh my god! Because oh, what did you say? <laughs> I was like, I could feel it coming out of my chest. Yeah, but that's not what you said. The operation scene. What, yeah, what, what did you say about getting goo on your hands? It, no, I don't even remember. But it was <laughs> didn't, I didn't remember. Oh, I love it. Oh, you don't remember? I'll bet you can't shut it. But it is when he's dipping right in and coming out with that. Oh my god! It is horrible. I did love the doctor reference though. The yeah. operations. Yeah. Where he touched it. No, he's messing around as well. Mine's well, I don't think he was though, was he? I thought he was joking around. No, wasn't he? No, because no. she couldn't touch the end of it to the sides. Yeah, but I thought he was playing when he went. Oh, no, no, was it not that? No, oh. he generally wasn't. Yeah, that, that was legit. Oh, okay. There, yeah. there was a lot of scenes to do with the whole put your hand in your body part that made I get a pain in my neck when I see anything gruesome on TV and that's exactly what happened like I saw the hand going in and then I was like oh my god my neck hurts that's a weird response a pain yeah. in your neck I get a pain in my neck so I was holding my neck quite a lot during this maybe that's why film. you got a pain in your neck stop holding your neck <laughs> note to self thank you uh, <laughs> welcome to online MD <laughs> but he's trialling it and what we do establish is when he decides to when they see that there's weapons in still in the hands of the wrong people and he goes to right his wrong and this is when Rhodey finds out that he's Iron Man he's Iron Man yeah um, what we do find out is that he got his 4G bob on didn't he <laughs> yeah. yeah there was no losing signal in that desert was there no that's like the best satellite phone ever 
You know, you're hanging out the way when I'm in my house. If I'm in certain corners of the house, it feels like I've just disappeared into a fourth realm. <laughs> well, you do live in Hobbiton. Hello, hello. He does me. actually. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Yeah. It's like being in the Shires. It really is. <laughs> we were talking about hairy feet the other day. <laughs> <laughs> it's him. <laughs> my mate is a Hobbit. <laughs> yeah. But that whole scene actually with the planes and stuff was was pretty cool because he was really. And the fact that you got to see a little bit more about the weaponry and associated with the sh- with the suit. Well, one of the best scenes is where you've got these massive kind of armed F nineteen fighters or whatever, and he's obviously in Afghanistan, and he just has his little piffling little rocket thing done. He and he doesn't even look; he just does that. It was the tank. It's the tank he blew up, yeah. wasn't it? And he just goes, Boo, like one of those really rubbish um, firework things you get. Yeah. And he just he doesn't even look; he just turns away, just that. Pff. And then it just it doesn't it just fizzles and then nothing happens for a while and he's just walking and then it's that classic sort of um, movie type thing where there's an explosion behind you and yeah. then it blows up. Well, this shows how he's adapting the technology he's already got because you find yourself where with that hostage situation they've got like six people all being held at hostage and oh no what what do we do without getting the hostages killed and he doesn't he just shoot cool. them all at the same time? Yeah, that was a bit that was referring to. It was good. He's not bothered about killing people though, is he? I no, but that's... he's killing the baddies, so that's all right. Yeah, but could you do it in a, a slightly less Crucial. destructive way? Why I... would you want well, to? Well, c- could the bullets not be darts that just put you to sleep instead? Because Captain uh, America wouldn't be quite as as lethal with how he does it. Although, actually, I suppose he, he sort of did. But you I, know I, what I mean. I think it depends on your lifetime experiences. I think if, if he was fighting in World War Two, Captain America would be kill, kill, kill because of 70 years worth of being in ice, he may have changed his way and approach. Iron Man, again, may be on a, on a story arc where he would kill people, but maybe depends on, depends on the situation, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's hard to say what you would do in a situation unless you experience it. Mm-hmm. And that's because like, if, you had, if you had your family kidnapped, what would you do to get them back? Kill everybody that had him. So there you go. So No brainer. Yeah, but you, know, you don't know, do you? Yeah. I mean, there is a little bit like a RoboCop thing there when he's obviously got the hostages and if you've seen RoboCop, he just shoots him in the balls. Mm. <laughs> it's not that bad, is it? But I suppose he's doing... Well, <clears throat> he's doing what he can for peace, isn't he? Or to resolve the problem. And then he just disappears out of nowhere. Mm. Travelling at Mach 3, whatever he's doing. But it was a training exercise, you have to remember that. Oh, that reference was very funny. Ro- no, that so- shit always happens in real life and you know it, don't you? You do indeed, but Rod is a very interesting character in this film because he's a bit of a lackey for Tony Stark. Yeah. He usually ends up shuffling shit. But this is the only time we actually see, see this version of Rhodey because they ditch this character, don't they? They don't ditch the character, sorry. They ditch the actor who plays this well, character. Terrence Howard ditched himself because he wanted a pay rise. And and Marv went, no. <laughs> He played this character really well, so it's a shame that he scruffed it up for himself. One and done, baby. One yeah. and done. Yeah. Actually, I think the uh, the chap who plays him in the sequels... I think he's better. I do. And Who um, is that, by the way? We have to wait and see, won't yeah, we? Yeah, I'll tell you. Spoilers. <laughs> but this guy just did a classic Ed Norton. Oh, good old Edward. Yeah, did a bellend. <laughs> so, did a, uh, a bed bellend Norton. But yeah, wanted more money on the first movie that you're kind of just a... A co-star, if that. I think I need more money. No, yeah, you don't, mate. Goodbye. Idiots. So he's doing a dance, the redundance. 
I mean, he'd, hey. he'd been in other films as well, though, hadn't he? Terence Howard? Yeah, before yeah, he's been in, Yeah, he's loads. been in films, but he's not... So he probably got a big head. That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. You shouldn't... You shouldn't um, well, there's the, there's the outcome of arrogance in real life. A studio will just go, bye. Yeah. It's a bit of a shame insofar as Rhodey's quite an important character in the Howard... Uh, sorry, in the Tony Stark world. Yeah. He... These are all characters that sort of ground Tony and are in his inner circle, so you see the real Tony Stark when he's in and around these people. And so I feel sorry that this character, this this guy did change because I suppose it sort of takes a little something away from him in this film for me because I know he's not going to be around in the future films, albeit Rhodey as a character is. Yeah. Uh, because I don't see him as Rhodey in this, because he's now not the Rhodey I recognise as being Rhodey, which is a shame. I, I, think, I think I see what you're saying. I actually prefer the fact that they've recast him with who they've got, and I think he plays it a bit better. The other one came across as a bit too serious, whereas I think the other one, who was being in Ocean's Eleven, has that kind of seriousness, but also and also to ground Tony and also be funny at the same time. I think Howard, uh, Terrence Howard was just a knob. Well, how can you be serious when your mate's got a pull on his aircraft? Oh. <laughs> loads of booze. Pollard wants an aeroplane with a pole in, <laughs> pole in it. And, 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 and staff who work on there who are happy just to... Nakedly dance, half-nakedly dance, yeah. Is that a thing, nakedly dance? Yeah. Is that, is that okay? Google um, it. <laughs> First time you later, I'll show you. <laughs> Keep sliding off. Too much Vaseline. Well, I mean, I'd probably be happy without the pole. Do you pay extra for the pole? No, I was merely pointing out that that looked like it was going to be a fun plane to be on. Well, they were, it and was he was like sitting there with the face like it? smacked ass, wasn't it? Yeah. How does that work if you're doing a massive decompression descent? I mean, it's it's you're better just than... hanging on to the pole like this. Well, it's, be- it's better than being on those cattle cabin. Uh, aircrafts where Ryan your knees there. around your ears and yeah you've got a kid kicking a back of your seat uh, obviously if <laughs> it's the to, choice between the two and you have you've to pay to go to the toilet pole dancing place <laughs> well actually if you're on Ryanair they've taken all the toilets out haven't they <laughs> yeah. have they they did yeah to get more seats in oh shit because they didn't anywhere well like no you're not allowed to do one on Ryanair that's the point <laughs> no you have to do it in your pants they give out free oh, um, free okay. continent bags <laughs> yeah. yeah poo bags stick in a bag yeah. oh stop it yeah, poo bags. Which That's is... what they said when they were doing it next to me in the chair. <laughs> yeah. And then they just look at you. Ew. Just like total icon. Well, icon. Just like... lowered the tone of the show. Welcome to Ryanair, who isn't a sponsor, <laughs> and maybe not we ever a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> what did we think about the big final act here? The fight scene? Yeah. I liked it, it was good. Because he, he, he obviously goes to the desert, finds the suit, and then tries to copy the suit, and in his own words, doesn't have the same moral restrictions in what he adds to the suit. Uh, he turned it into a Swiss army knife of a suit, really, didn't he? It was like, do you want one of these? Yes. Do you want one of these? Yeah. Do you want one of these? Yeah. You do know it's going to get awful big and awful heavy. I'm not bothered. Just, yeah, one of them as it well. It is massive. But can, the time he's kitted out, he? can, but can we rewind? Because is this <laughs> before or after we find out that Obi's a big bad? Well, I think at that point you know. When did we, we? When did we? It's it, yeah. Doesn't he go to his house and tell him that? Basically, he he drugs no. him. 
Pepper, he sends Pepper to go to the office. To no, it's the before files. then, doesn't it? Yeah, he, goes, he drugs Tony he drugs first. Tony. He drugs Tony, and Tony slides down a settee, and then he basically does what all villains do and gives the monologue of what exactly he was going to do, and rather than just kill someone, they spend five minutes telling you what they were going to do. But Pepper was already at the office by then. No, what, she, go, she goes to the office afterwards, doesn't yeah, she? Because Tony sends her to go to mm. the office. All oh, right. And that's that was quite a tense scene. That was very tense. She kept her cool. Bloody hell, I would have been shit in my pants if that was me. On the he, plane again? Yeah, <laughs> wherever. That's why she carries a bag with her <laughs> yeah. everywhere. You have to, don't you? If Big Bag don't was coming. Don't look in this handbag. Oh, I like chocolate mousse. <laughs> But I mean, she was under some serious pressure when that situation was happening. So, like any other booker, would have been like absolutely crapping themselves. Oh, well, I'd have just admitted it. I'd have gone, it's me. I'm, <laughs> I'm stealing stuff. Don't hurt me. But it went to the strength of her character that scene, particularly that she held her cool and, you know, she got Basically, out. Basically, she's there. not a shit house like us three. <laughs> hey, speak for yourself. I totally would have. <laughs> Shat. Yeah. I imagine she's been in situations many times before. I mean, we're talking about Stark Industries and he's up against Justin Hammer and AIM and other massive organisations that are doing the same type of tech, so I don't think... But, I mean, this was from the inside, so it's a different level, isn't it? Yeah, there's there's kind of the espionage that's a bit weird because it's your own company. Yeah, and you yeah, trust but, your people that you work with, so I think it's a bit more scary. So you... It's just it's just a tense it's just a tense scene, isn't it? Mm. I think that's the thing. Where I mean, I was sweat. My palms were sweaty watching that. Were you holding your neck again? No. You must have been just sweating. I, I was sweating through that part. Right. So we've established when you stress, you sweat. And then when there's something gruesome, I hold my neck because I just while she's shitting the entire time like a shitting dog. Yeah, if there is a situation that requires it. You're a treat to take to the cinema. It was a great film. I put you in the uh, the disabled toilet. <laughs> just leave you there. <laughs> So he does. He, he he steals the tech, doesn't he? And we have this big fight scene, which becomes a Marvel thing with the big third act. But well, this was... goes back back just sort of to cut across you. This this goes back to what I said about I am um, about Tony Stark creating the villains. He finds the the tech in the desert, so he's not actually stealing anything at this point. All he does is he he basically uses Stark industry staff to reverse engineer. Because he says he says to Tony about the arc reactor, so obviously the arc reactor is a miniature version of what they use to power their building, which is almost like um, sort of a cold fusion, uh, which is just unlimited power, which would basically change um, the planet's eco, um, you know, sort of make it eco-friendly because it's basically green energy, uh, cold fusion because he's using water, uh, basically hydrogen. Um, so he's harnessed this power, which is essentially green energy. Obadiah wants that technology. Tony Stark ain't going to give it to him because it's here. So he wants this. And he's basically using uh, Stark Industries staff to reverse engineer the arc reactor to use in the suit that he's trying to put together. You might have seen that in Iron Man 1. I would just like to point out that Mark said that it could be tracked that all the baddies have been created by Tony Stark. But how does that work for Captain America and Captain Marvel? Because Red Skull wasn't created by Tony Stark and neither was um, uh, Jude Law's character. John Rock. Yeah. Well, he basically made the, the Captain America's shield, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> that didn't well, create Red Skull, though. 
Well, okay, he created time travel. But we don't know that yet. Okay, well, why are you asking me a question that doesn't exist? I'm afraid I can't answer it on this realm. Okay, can I can I say something? No. If I can remember what I was going to say. Shall I, while you're thinking, let me get me notes of why Tony Stark created all of them, but this is going to be like another hour. So. Well, maybe that, that's a show to do at the end. Look, I, I think it was a nice thing that Obi turned out to be the baddie because I didn't see that coming. Did you not? No, I didn't. Did you? Thinking back to when he had a skinhead, a cigar, and yeah, he was in charge of a multi-mega billion okay. pound organisation that sold weapons to everyone. I probably would have thought he was a bad guy, even if he was a good guy. But was, I think I'm used to. But uh, we've had Red Skull bad guy, Bald. and then we've had. <laughs> I can see where he's going. Then we've had Ronin blue bad guy. Bald. Then we've had uh, Yonrog yellow-eyed bad guy. Balding. And then he's got, we've he's got, got a big father's old dude. It's not, as, it's not as fulfilled as he used to be, is and it? I like some of his hair. And then we have this non-alien who turns out to be the bad, and I didn't think he was going to actually Bald. be... All right, maybe... I th- no, wait. The way that he was described... The way that he, he was revealed as the bad was very surprising. <laughs> I've got this winning lottery ticket in my pocket. Would you like to buy it for five quid? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't see it. He'll leave that in. Because <laughs> that explanation has just blown my mind. Uh, I think I've just shat. <laughs> do you actually know what you just said? Yeah. Do you? I do. <laughs> I think you're trying to explain it. It's been a long Now, day. you mentioned it. I've just remembered, actually... Uh, the 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 uh, we've we're jumping all over the show mm-hmm. now because largely my notes are all finished. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the the one thing that I did wanted to mention, uh, which you point out, was the Iron Man suit and the way it gets put on Tony as as you get further down the movie. So it starts off with. Uh, as he's walking along the thing, and or when he's standing, no, he's when he's standing, and it's like drilling all the bits in and what have you. Mm. You were quite excited by that. Yeah, I like the way that it all came together. Literally. Yeah. And I was impressed with the silver suit more than I was impressed the with Mark, the Mark two. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, if you think about them as car design, he's refining the design like any architect or creative designer. Like, for example, yourself, you're interior designer, aren't you? I am. So you might do your shameless plug for Ancora Interiors. There. Well, it is. Well, I didn't I say will the take name. That. Thank you. Happy to give it to you. <laughs> you would do a CAD drawing or you do a design, and then you go, mm, I can probably put that toilet seat there. Maybe you shouldn't have a window in front of all the people passing by on the toilet. That's one of the good things about all of these films as you go through them is you will see an evolution. And because he's a genius, he's constantly reworking. Things, I just you? like the fact that it was silver, and wouldn't it have been? A, would it be like so different if it was just a silver suit instead of a gold and red one? As it is iconic now, isn't it? I mean, those are the colours of the Iron Man suit, aren't they? They've just remained um, true to the uh, comic, the comic really. But I think it is quite, it is quite good that you constantly see this evolving suit. Mm. In fact, Marvel do this throughout the films. It's not a spoiler to say that their outfits do continue to change and modernise and adapt and adjust as they go through. And that's quite nice because it maintains the continuity of the character's look, but whilst also it feels like it fits a bit more. 
and Iron Man's probably one of the more extreme developments, and you see it in this film alone, from mm. the one we build in the cave right the way through to the one at the end where the robots are fixing it to him. Yeah. Mm. And the other thing is the other thing to, from a shallow point of view is I'll, yeah. merchandising. Oh, okay. So the studio, Iron Man's a good example of that because what they plus did, you don't want a, a drill going firing in a yeah firing a screw in the wrong area. Yeah, when you land, you go. Oof. Oh, hello. So it sounds like when he stands up. Like, <laughs> Iron Man. He's only Iron Man because he's got pins in his spinal column. Aww. Iron Man because he loves doing shirts. He's doing that. Um, no, his, his, in here, the Easter eggs are literally to the comics. And the same time is if you're going to be selling figurines or Lego sets who tend to spoil all the movies because of their Lego releases, mm-hmm. you're going to sell toys, aren't you? Which, incidentally, is why this film was made because what our focus group they did, the kids loved it. Right. So there you go. But um, Iron Man is an example because obviously he has suits made for every eventuality. Mm. It's just an organic thing for him. And he's just tinkering around. Right. Are we going on to the actual fight scene now then? Yeah, well, let's. The I mean, my notes have ended ages ago, so I'm just flying free. And he's been padding. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm I'm just ad- wobbling yeah. all over. What would you like to talk about, Ish? Because this, this is your the show. The fight scene was really, really good between the two machines. What People. Machines. It's not, people. it's not robot jocks. What the hell is a robot? Oh, it's a nineteen eighties film. Sorry, that's not Pacific Rim. It's the only your reference for the all your age group. It's the image of you, you blurt. We've had this conversation I'm 46. before. Yeah, I'm forty. So you're not my age group, then are you? You're not bad. <laughs> you're the old generation. When I was a lad, we had robot jocks, which people will remember. Listen, old still, you little prick. <laughs> From the film? Yes. I don't remember that one, but... That yes. was in the fight. That was that in was the it. actual fight scene. He said, hold still, you little prick, because he was trying to shoot at him. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, he yeah. knocked his missile guidance system out, so uh, he couldn't he hit said, him. He said little prick? Yeah. In the, behave in the film? He did. I wrote it down. It was one of the few things I wrote down. <laughs> hold still, you little prick. He did. Wow. And I thought, Mark... These <laughs> tight trousers and it's very cold. <laughs> but it was good. The the fight scene was exciting. Um, you know, the way that it involved all the different characters was exciting, how Pepper was reacting, the fact that she played a somewhat pivotal part in, you know, helping Tony out on that. Coulson, oh but bless. I think you've you've hit on a point there, which you bang on about, and I generally switch off because he has a soapbox he occasionally climbs on, and I just get bored of listening to it. It's not that it isn't right. Uh, Sacrilege. But, uh, for, for, and it's difficult me saying this because I'm a man, so I don't feel like I'm appropriately qualified to pass this sort of a statement, but one of the bigger criticisms of Marvel sort of in these first few phases was the fact that there wasn't a strong female character-led movie and I understand people's arguments for that. For example, I would have liked to have seen a Black Widow movie. You don't know who Black Widow is yet, but way earlier than it was. However, we've watched three films here and there have been three very strong female characters. A, Captain Marvel was a lead, but all right, that was 12 years after this Iron Man film, so you kind of have to perhaps discard that because arguably they'd learn the lesson in inverted commas. But Captain America, you had Agent Carter, who was a fabulous and very strong character. And in this, you've got Pepper Potts. Now, they could have been in the film more, but in each of these films, there's quite a lot of characters already in there. And mm. I didn't know whether that's something you've 
picked up on or whether I'm just talking crap because you are indeed a woman as far as I'm aware so you are far better qualified for me to comment for you to comment on whether or not they are strong women characters they as opposed are. to me mansplaining <laughs> shit away shall I take it over then please do because okay. I've dug myself a hole and I'm hurting myself trying to get out <laughs> I'll dig you back out thank you right so Obviously, Captain Carter, from my perspective, was a periphery uh, periphery character in in the Captain America, as you know, you will know if you've listened to the first podcast. Um, Just because of the buffness of the men, but again, superficial. Moving on. But she was, yeah, she was, she was strong. Um, Captain Marvel obviously leads, and there were some powerful characters in Captain Marvel, which we spoke about. Monica Rambeau was a powerful character. Lawson was a powerful character. Um, So yeah, I think that was fine. And then in this. A hundred percent. Pepper is a is a strong character, and I think she's in this movie enough, actually, for yeah. for for the movie. Any more, it would have been too much Pepper. But you ri- I never have too much Pepper. I love Pepper. <laughs> it's just a shame Gwyneth Paltrow couldn't give any less of a shit about comic books. Oh my! When word, you see yeah. her on on like the the press junkets or when the interview were. About anything, and it comes down to the Marvel movies. She genuinely hasn't even got a Scooby Doo about what's going in the film she was in. She doesn't even remember being in one of them. Universe. No, seriously. One interview. She didn't even remember being in Iron Man two. She has no interest in the Marvel universe. She's got no appreciation for how an important role she plays in just that that particular area. See, I think for me, which is why I jump on the soapbox because people nay say all the time is I know the story arc from the comics. For Pepper. Mm. So I already know how strong she is. Gwyneth Paltrow didn't make this character. She, no. It could have been anybody. The character itself was a strong character. Well, exactly, and that means then, then in that case, then it means that there are strong characters. It doesn't yeah. matter who's playing it, no. they are strong characters. It could have been anybody playing that character. And what you have to allow is that Marvel, with the sandbox that Mark refers to, is they dip into it. And it's it's a first film of this of this what we now know to be a multi-film uh, universe, they don't want to spend time. Is your neck hurting? Is that is that because of the goo? What, what, what have you got? Some goo in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know they don't want to spend loads of time of a movie going. Oh, we're going to spend sixty-five minutes to talk about Pepper Potts. They want to bring all these characters in because they know what's going to happen because they planned it. Mm. So they know well. We pick that up and, we'll, and, and the fans will go. Oh, there's there's how our story's progressing, and you see it over the course of the films. And then obviously you've got the other ones that also pick everyone's story up and they carry them along. So for me, it was already a strong character. So everyone's going, "Isn't there strong female leads?" No, there watch was. Watch the movies. 100% watch the movies. You, the one you're going to watch next after this will continue what we're talking here. And I, I and I know, even into the film that you don't even count, <laughs> there's strong female characters in that. Mm. So no, there is. Suck it up, naysayers. Yeah, so far. And if you don't think... like it, get in touch. Yeah. Mark Pollard. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, I see what you did. That had done so to you. In fact, yeah. you beat me to the punch. <laughs> you just delete it. If it's not most, what is it, more than four words, is your cut off. Yeah. yeah. That's the title. I Dear know. Mark, done. <laughs> I've uh, got first hand experience of that as well now. <laughs> I've just deleted shit after I've sent him something. I've got no chance. <laughs> I, have to, I have to get a separate email. I have to get my mum to email him. <laughs> Don't delete it. <laughs> anyway, digressing. Yeah. Um, Stanley as Heff. Oh, the cameo? Yeah. It always makes me sad when I see Stanley mm. now. I'm just 
popping it in there because we always talk about where did we see Stanley's. Well, I, I love, I love, just love it. Yeah. I, I love it whenever he pops up. It just makes me a little it's bit nice. sad inside that he's mm. no longer with us. God rest his soul. No, it is, it is nice, um, but it's one of them, isn't it? Mm. Sorry, we've just pushed Shit happens, back. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all right. You've just made me cry a little bit inside. <laughs> yeah, right, back to, to the fight scene. What other sad and miserable things can you point me towards <laughs> just to make me feel even sadder? Uh, I'm going to have to watch Titanic to cheer myself up. <laughs> so, okay, we're coming towards the end. So, yeah, well, um, the fight scene's at the end, I guess. Is, yeah. You're technically right. <laughs> so, obviously, Iron Man wins. Yes, of course. Obvs. Obvs. <laughs> Um, it's interesting how he wins, though. I think this shows the thoroughness of Tony as a character with the extent to which he has, and to use my favourite phrase, kick the tyres of the technology he's using. He's properly tested it. He's thoroughly yeah. exposed it to the extremes, as you would do with any form of technology of this particular nature, certainly. Uh, whereas... Uh, Orbi has just come in and gone, oh, that looks cool. I'll throw that on and have a go at it and fundamentally fails because he hasn't been as thorough. In his research, yes. And that's interesting because that's a, that's a, a thread and a style that Tony does throughout, isn't it? Mm. You see him in his workshop and he's, he's really trying things and he's, he's trying the hands first. Yeah. He's, he doesn't just... Trial wake up ever. one morning and there's a whole suit no. he's building it bit by bit and testing it bit by bit and then when it's all together and it's been tested he tests it some more yeah. and then a bit more besides it does add depth to his character as a result of those scenes it shows right. he's quite meticulous yeah. and he's quite and responsible that. with how he's doing it yeah, yeah. He's not just, ooh, I've got a thing that makes me fly. Right, let's go and save the world. Yeah, he, he... yeah. well, it's kind of the um, the guy who invented the light bulb and the Wright brothers when they're trying to do early flight. You know, the guy who invented light bulb obviously failed like 99 times and he said... Go on, go on, you, what was it? Um, oh, what's the film? Nicholas Cage one? That's what I remember it from. I know that's not where the saying comes from. Nicholas Cage? Yeah, um... um uh, treasure. National Treasure. National Treasure. Love that film. Have you seen National I Treasure? I have, yeah. So I think I'm going to probably number bask- two shit. I'm probably going to ruin the quote, but I th- think he said he, he didn't see the failure. He just found 99 ways not to do it. Yeah. And so what Mark's talking about, which is absolutely spot on, it shows that Tony Stark doesn't just turn up and he's got people doing it. He's doing it himself meticulously. Which I love, yeah. Yeah, it's, he's hands on. He's got the repulsor things, and he's because obviously that's why he ends up going through all the roof because he's got them too powered. So he powers them down and he's tinkering around and he's tweaking things, and that's just part of the development. You'd love to be his builder, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, Imagine if you got that gig. I know. Oh, my God. Game over. Um, yeah, you'd be just constantly busy. You'd be on a retainer, wouldn't you? Yeah. Constantly repairing and, yeah. and repairing. <laughs> every day. Because every day he would do something, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he did. I mean, some days he just walked in and deliberately started tearing it up to mm. build his arc reactor. That's I right, know. he did, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, ideal customer. Not a, be- not a very good neighbour, but ideal customer. <laughs> True. No, but I love that. I love the the depth of his character, which is why I loved him so much. Again, it goes back to like how intellectual he was and how thorough he was and meticulous. I like thorough and meticulous people. What have you got in your notes then? In your thorough and meticulous way? Um, well, the ending is epic. Well, the the ending, uh, the ending is. Int- I'm going to actually refer to a different part of the ending, which I feel is epic, and it's probably not the bit that you think. 
okay. at the press conference when he's yeah. been given That is the, the epic brief. bit. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's before the other epic bit. But it's more epic than I suspect you realise. Why, why do you a foreign language? Yeah, well, okay, why do you think it's epic? In you, fact, I suppose we should tell Mark. You just keep saying him. epic. And he's like, do you remember that epic bit? No, not that epic bit, because that's a bit epic. What fucking bit? Well, when, you know, because obviously he's been hiding the fact that he is Iron Man. Very badly. Well, he hasn't been hiding it. Just no, because no he's literally Iron there. Existed. Well, they don't know who it is. Yeah, and then he was. Well, no, they do because there's a press junket and people. And then he's like, "I'm Iron Man." No, at the end he does. But when That's he's flying around, blowing up tanks with little no, farts and things. No, obviously. But then we're talking about the end. Just now. tell me the epic bit, will you? This time. Yeah, that he says he's Iron Man. Is that it, right? Wow. Yeah. yeah, I didn't really find it as epic as you made it sound there. <laughs> Well, I suppose it is that you were, yeah. you wouldn't necessarily have expected it. No, but that's actually a massive impact on the universe because Marvel made a very conscious decision that they weren't going to give people secret identities. Well, that was ad libbed. They didn't know he was going to do that. All oh, right, but that's that's something that they do go on to do. So Captain America, everyone knows who Captain America is. He's not. It's not the Superman. He puts glasses on and no one recognizes him. Uh, or, or Batman with the cowl thing. DC, in their universe, are very much stuck to there are two different personalities for each superhero. There's the superhero and then there's the real-life the real life unknown identity mm. or a person, or rather the other way around, I'm sure. Whereas Marvel, possibly off the back of that bit of improvisation, decided, no, we don't want the headache of always oh, got a pair of glasses on so no one recognises it's it's Tony Stark fits and into his character though because he's arrogant isn't it he is but they follow it through don't they yeah. Captain America's not Captain Marvel is yeah. known none of these people have a secret identity, identity. most most don't simply because I think they're grounded because obviously Thor is that's who he is when you get to Thor it's that incredible Hulk I suppose they, they later they know who he is simply because he causes a lot of damage but there's a few Spider-Man. They don't know. He, well, they don't know who he is. <laughs> who? What? Spider? Who? Spider-Man. What? Spider-Man. What? what? Spider-Man. There's there's a few who do have a secret identity, and the reason for that is because it's dangerous for them to be known. If they found out, it would cause problems. But a lot of them, it is kind of them. So they're not playing an alternate person. So, for example, Doctor Strange is Doctor Strange. You with me? Yeah. yeah, but people don't know about him because he's not publicly going out going, hello, people, I'm, I'm Doctor Strange. No. He's, it's a bit like a sort of a secret agent in MI5 mm. uh, that they just don't tell anyone because they can't do the job if everyone no. knows who they are, but they're not maintaining a secret identity no. as such. I think you've got the characters who have a dual character and there's ones who kind of become that person and end up being that person, like, forever, who've been taken from obscurity and become the character, if that makes sense. Anyway. Now. We could spend time on that, but we don't need to. Post-credit spoiler. This is the first post-credit spoiler we can actually very openly talk about, because this is technically the first one anyway. Huh? Well, Iron Man came out first, so yeah. it, this post-credit spoiler doesn't spoil anything that you either haven't already seen or will be seen in the future. No, it, it is was, what it is. Yeah, well, it linked back to what uh, Captain America and Captain Marvel. This one, yeah, it did beautifully. Because explain. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited that we can actually talk Do about it. the yeah, first. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Nick Fury. Oh, I did miss him during this film. 
He's got less hair than one eye in this one, though. Hasn't I know, he? but no, oh no. my god, I was literally dancing around the room with excitement when he was like holding your throat. No, because this wasn't gory at all. Sweating. I had I did have sweaty palms because I was excited. Um, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, oh, and he was must like be dripping. Yeah, no, you don't want to share with me next time. <laughs> That's why it was all salty. No, we know. <laughs> Next time I'll get, I'll get my own popcorn, thank okay. you, out, out the box. Literally, do you want some popcorn? Why is it all salty-ish, Tor? That was my fault. <laughs> but it was brilliant that, like, you saw that coming together and that he was then being invited into the Avenger, like, team. I mean, oh, my God, I'm still buzzing about it now. That was probably the best post-credit spoiler I've seen so far. But, yeah, because I didn't watch the first one from Captain America, I did watch Captain Marvel's post-credit spoilers and then this one. It's So, when I watched this post-credit spoiler the first time, it didn't mean a huge amount because I didn't know who the bloody hell the Avengers were. I got absolutely no idea of what the Avengers initiative was in any way, shape or form. To me, it just suggested that this was the first of more films. Having watched Captain America and Captain Marvel, it does lend a lot more weight because you have a bit of an understanding that there's been a long-term plan that's now sort of been brought to fruition. Yeah, I suppose in your case, because we're still only at Iron Man 1, there's still a lot you don't understand and appreciate that is quite exciting for where this now Goes. starts to go. So I, it was an interesting one with this because... I, I interpreted this post-credit spoiler different to when I first saw it because of the order in which we're watching the films, not by virtue of me knowing what's gone on in the future. Yeah, I love that we're watch it, watching it chronologically and it's all starting to make a lot of sense. That makes it very exciting. I literally get excited when things start to link together, honestly. I'm like a little kid in a candy store. What did you think? Do you care? On the I, rewatch? About this or epic on... spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Post-credit. I wouldn't say it was epic. It I know, but I, I was just using the word epic because you, you yeah, like everyone it. Everyone loves epic. Well, I don't love it. You love it. Um, well, like for me, it, yeah. I, see, because I've got two two reasons now, haven't I? So the first time I watched it, I was excited because I do know who the Avengers are and I know who Nick Fury is and it isn't David Hasselhoff. Um, I also like the fact that they've taken exactly the character from the Ultimate comics for Nick Fury, who was, in fact, designed based on Samuel L. Jackson. And now having it in a rewatch having just had Captain Marvel where she suggests that he should change the name of the initiative that he's planning to do. Right. Boom. The Avengers initiative. Brill. Brill, brill, brill. Make her excited about that. Okay. What do we want to do now? Because normally... Easter eggs. Normally we go through Easter eggs. We go through Easter eggs now and then we will revisit our the best top part of 10 the characters <laughs> and our top 10 movies Wait, and we'll give this a rating as well. Can I just give you some kudos, Pollard, for the fact that your graphics are so brilliant and the clips. People need to get on social media and see what Pollard's been up to because it's just brilliant. Nothing Don't you good. agree, Latham? They're lovely, yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Have you, have you, have you shared the secret sauce with him? Because he's gone all he's gone all um, social media. Oh yeah, I am taking I'm, a bit of credit for his. I've never seen media so many buzz. videos pop up of of my big fat face. Of your big fat face. Yeah, it just appears just out of nowhere. It's like, how did you take that? There's some bathing in the garden. <laughs> Next minute, I'm holding Captain America's shield over my crotch. <laughs> <laughs> so go on, give us some Easter eggs first, and then we'll crack on. Right, so um, we've covered a couple of them. Uh, I've also got some additional information that people might or may not be interested in. Um, 
let's do these. So, ten rings we've <laughs> mentioned. He loves that. I was, that was Shit, like I, that was, how did I miss actually mentioning that? Shit. But, but nobody will know what that means, though. No, but I just Will know. do, because Shang-Chi's out as a review. But people aren't going to watch Shang-Chi, the review, are well, they? Well, it's an watch? Easter egg, so okay. what you do. It's in, this, it's in the thing, so... I suppose it's not a spoiler. It's not, and it's also in the comics, so... Okay. Uh, so, uh, along with Justin Hammer, Ironmonger, Madame Mask, Norman Osborn, the Mandarin, maybe one of the villains who could appear in the Armor Wars series. Wait, can we just go back to the Ten Rings a little bit without going into too many <coughs> potential spoilers? Okay. So, obviously, we in, in this movie, the Ten Rings are some Middle Eastern <coughs> group. He's just going to do that the whole time. Yeah, okay, let's get into context of the fact Please. you've not seen any movies yes. ever. So, so, the Ten Rings... Is an organi- <laughs> is an organization that was seen by Raza as controlling, and in the comics, the Mandarin controls the Ten Rings. So again, not a spoiler; it's factual um, in the core scripture. Okay. And the Easter eggs that we see, apart from the flag that was teased in the background, is he's going to have another little cheeky giggle. Raza is fiddling with his ring, <laughs> that is also a symbol of the Mandarin and the group. No way. Uh, we see the prototype Captain America shield that was planted um, which was a scene between uh, Pepper Potts and Iron Man and I think he uses it to prop up his um, his um, what's it called is it, what is it his collider what's it called what's the thing he's making doesn't he use it am I jumping ahead to Iron Man oh yeah no, no 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 that's right yeah he uses it to do his um What's the big circle Arc thing? Reactor Arc thing. Reactor, yeah. yeah. So he's, he, he gets his he gets his spirit level out, doesn't he? Hmm. And then he's, it's obviously off. So he just grabs this thing and just determines it's a prototype of Captain America's shield. No way. Did you not see that? No, but I'm going to go back and rewatch it. It's not. It's not the. It's not the Marvel rewatch rewatch show. Hey, it <laughs> is Marvel doing. rewatch rewatch. <laughs> the, when your Easter eggs are this good. Uh, the ringtone on Tony Stark's cell phone is the theme from the animated series. Uh, rocks on during the fight scene that you loved and you thought was epic is seen in the, in one of the in the buildings in the distance. Now, rocks on in the comics is one of the villainous corporations. It's been seen across the whole MCU. It's a whole MCU. It's been seen in um, Hulu's Marvel Runaways, Cloak and Dagger, and also Agent Carter. Uh, again, um, seen in this. Um, again, I mentioned Ultimate Nick Fury, that Samuel Jackson was basically, um, the likeness of him was used in the Ultimate comic of, of Nick Fury. One of the biggest ones, which is not a spoiler, War Machine's blueprints are seen in the closing credits of the film. Um, and, and also. Do you want to explain who War Machine is? Because she's looking as confused as I suspect anyone else who's listening to the show who isn't Marvel aware. Okay, so uh, the Mark II armor, the shiny armor that you see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is kind of essentially taken by the government and retconned, or not retconned, it's refurbished. Because Rhodey uh, says, I'll see you soon in. The film, doesn't he? He says... Um, he even looks at it, doesn't he? And yeah, says, well, he pauses and says, next time. Yes. Not for him, though, because he got sacked. <laughs> um, but, obviously, War Machine blueprints are shown, along with other variants of the uh, Mark One and Mark III um, Iron Man suits. Interesting. Um, and that becomes War Machine, but also was, for a while, um, Iron Patriot. And James Rhodes, essentially, is given that by the government to use, I suppose, arguably, as oversight. Okay. 
again continuing his character development with Tony Stark, but also when Tony Stark just fucks off because he's in a suit. There's not much road he can do, is there? Mm. So they got a suit for him. Um, what else have we got? Oh, Fing Fang Foom is seen now. Bless you. Bless you. So this is, if you haven't listened to our Shang-Chi, Shang, do it, do it, mate. Do your... Shang-Chi. There you go. There's uh, cultural misappropriation right there. <laughs> if you want to tune in and listen to our latest show on that, Fing Fang Foom is uh, a comic uh, comic villain. It turned um, into a chrysanthemum. <laughs> no, but if they're watching the Marvel rewatch as I am, it's not recommended to listen to that podcast, Ignore is it? Ishtar. And we're losing, fig- we're losing viewing, viewing figures here, mate. So you're costing us money. Ignore what Ishtar said. It's all about the, it's all about the stats. If you want to, it's up to you with free will. Um, Fing Fang Foom is one of the biggest villains in the comics and there's a banner over a building that shows the um, the dragon. Um, fans will know it from Fantastic Four, which is a uh, film that's been... All the rights have gone back to Marvel, so we may see that in Phase 5. And um, has maybe been updated for the latest film that's out now. So that's that. Um did you know that Iron Man was in production hell? So in the 90s, they were planning on doing Iron Man, but they couldn't because Fox um, was optioning the character in... Um, was it, Well, it was optioned by Fox in the year 2000, and the New Line Pictures wanted it, and then nobody did it. So in basically 2005, um, it went back to Marvel because they didn't think that it would come across as a good character, someone flying around in a suit. So New Line Pictures passed on the idea what yep yeah also the original villain for Iron Man 1 was the Mandarin Um, not to be mistaken with the orange yeah so the Mandarin who was known in the comics as being a megalomaniac um, scientist uh, with who wields ten powerful rings um, he, which is made from alien technology. He was going to be introduced into Iron Man 1. Um, and, and I'm glad they didn't because that would have been too magical and mystical far too early in this. You know, I, w- I don't think it would have bought into that. It felt too silly. Absolutely. Well, John Favreau got that excited that in a 2006 Comic-Con, um, he basically blurted out that it was going to be the villain and then backpedaled later on saying it wasn't actually mentioned as a concrete thing. By the time they started filming, Obadiah Stain was the villain. I like it's an his, unfortunate surname. I love, the, I love well, that he's got name. A, well, he's got a son Obadiah's great. <laughs> yes, <gonna> he's got a what? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Just punched me out. <laughs> Say, did you, did you say she's missed it? I missed it. You say it, I've said it once. Well, Obadiah Stain, he said he's got a son called shit. <laughs> They've reimagined Obadiah Stain because it's... <laughs> you see, you got his name now. <laughs> he's just done the snort laugh. But it's not laugh, though. It's funny. Like, <laughs> he just takes all the oxygen out of the room. It's like cabin decompression. I'll be holding on to that pole. As a, <laughs> in the comics, Obadiah Stain... <laughs> Tried to take over Stark Industries, but obviously in this film, he's the father figure to Tony Stark. The other thing that's coming out is Ironheart, which is another Disney Plus show, which I think is going to be a complete woke fest. However, in the comics, <laughs> and the comics only didn't do that well, they got cancelled after 12 episodes. That might be a complete shit stain. And then finally, which I don't know whether we can put this in, I'll leave you to decide. There is a Spider-Man Far From Home reference. No. <laughs> Missed it anyway. <laughs> 
fantastic. Well, there were some great Easter eggs. Thank you, Ivan. If they make it to the final cut, though, no, to be <laughs> fair, he's right what he's saying. It is difficult because you're trying to get a balance to what is in the comics and what you can actually talk about because you don't know. Right. What I'm going to do is we're going to go around and we'll see where this fits into your top tens and you can give me your mark out of ten for the film itself when you're doing that. So we'll start with you, Ish. Where does this film sit in your top top ten? Now, on the basis we're on film three, there's still plenty of... And I suppose, again, to reiterate, if this is the first show you're listening to, we're going to give each other, each of us has got ten places to pick our top ten Marvel movies and our top ten Marvel characters. And every time we watch a film, we're allowed to adjust adjust that list to suit what we've just witnessed and enjoyed uh, so it's dead easy in terms of picking the film the characters might start getting a bit more difficult as we sort of head now towards 10 characters or so uh, so let's start with you and wh- what did you think about this film what are you going to give it out of 10 and where's it going to go on your list now would you like me to read out what your list is at the minute please so you've got number one captain america which you gave seven out of ten yeah and number two you gave captain marvel which you lynched with a 6 out of 10. Yeah. So where's Iron Man going in this list and what's it getting out of 10 and why? Okay, Iron Man, the best film we've seen so far, without a shadow of a doubt. I would give this 9 out of 10. Okay. Oh, shit, that's quite high, isn't it? I don't know if I'm peaking too early, but... <laughs> no. <Don't>, <laughs> there's loads of jokes I know. <laughs> no, your audience. I've just realised exactly. <laughs> okay, um... Why? Because it was just the most entertaining in terms of the characters. I bought into Tony Stark. I bought into Pepper. I like the big bad. I like the technology. I like the intellect about it. I like the fact that there weren't any aliens in it, to be honest, because it was more realistic. I liked it because Coulson. I liked the post-credit spoiler. I mean, this was just... I mean, a film that makes my palms sweaty and my neck hurt should you know, gets a good rating from me, period. They are the shittest metrics ever. They're not really. It's basically self-flagellation, isn't it? It's emotion. It's When you get emotion for a film, that means it's a really good film. I was literally en- engrossed in it. I actually watched it twice. My colostomy bag's not full by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good film. So, yeah, nine out of ten, wow. first on the list. Wow. Bloody love it. What about you, Latham? Well, for me, it's, it's, I love Iron Man, and I'm looking at it with two different types of um, glasses on, apart from Tony Stark's glasses. <laughs> I'm looking at it from the first watch, which is I love Iron Man. I thought it was a fantastic beginning to what we now know to be a multi-picture deal, and, watch, and then it's the gift that keeps on giving. So every time something comes on, it refers back to Iron Man. Everything begins with Iron Man. Doesn't so what's, matter. what's your rating then? Nine. Oh my god! We seem to be rating at the same level. I no, mean, you're doing no. it for actually, different reasons. I mean, can I, can I just stop you there, Ish? Uh, actually, leave this in. All of his films have been a different score. So, uh, Mark, you gave Captain America seven out of ten, yeah. and you gave eight. Captain Marvel eight out of ten. All right. Yeah. So, not only did he have them the other way around, he also gave them no, a different I score. Gave, wait. Have, you, have you got mentalism going oh, on? Shit, because you been... literally say one word, which means the opposite of what you say. <laughs> oh, I, I can't believe did. how. In tune we are. I thought we did Marvel at seven each. No. So Latham's top ten at the moment is number one Iron Man one nine out of ten. Number two Captain Marvel eight out of oh, ten. Right. And My Captain bad. America 
first Avenger, seven out of ten. You know, we're only three we're movies real, in. So I know, how are you but it was really close, wasn't it? Seven, eight. It's very similar. My my point being that you know we were <laughs> but not the same. We're off, I'm obviously sort of aligned to where you are which makes me feel really good because it's not like I'm saying it's a, a nine and you're saying it's like a five. five you're saying it's a nine and I'm saying it's a nine or and then I'm saying it's a seven and you're saying it's an eight so actually you know when you open your mouth you know nothing you say makes any sense <coughs> I need to lie down well COVID's <coughs> kicking in he's got COVID sitting next to you <laughs> I need to lie down before next week yeah, just, just say just things after you've thought it. about them because they're not aligned at all Literally, mine are... No, they're not Hold on, don't they a little bit no. aligned? If they're aligned, they're the same. Okay, let me just reiterate what I said before oh, in case anyone bollocks. missed it. Ishtar, Iron Man, 9 out of 10, number one. Mark, Iron Man, 9 out of 10. So that matches. That's aligned. That's aligned. Ishtar, number two, Captain America, 7 out of 10. Mark, Captain Marvel, 8 out of 10. <laughs> not aligned. Number three, Captain Marvel, 6 out of 10. I suppose... You've given the same two scores for Captain America and Iron Man, but your Captain Marvel it makes a big difference. Yeah, what that's you're doing what, is That's what I meant. Right, okay. Why? And I don't have We've the got visual there in the end, front. Eh? Oh, my God. Send <laughs> us a copy of that. It might save an argument next week. Right. So Never uh, ever accuse my scoring as being mental. Similar to mine. <laughs> would anyone like to ask me what yeah, I sorry, think? Paul, sorry, Paul, I'll so we haven't got time now. Tune into us next time because we ran out of time with your scoring. Pollard, what's your scoring? I don't ever want to tell you. He might have gone ten. I'm giving this nine out of ten. Oh wow! We're like aligned, aren't we? Oh my god! Five, five, five. Sweaty palms, but that's okay. Oh, salted sweet corn and sweet corn. Okay, whatever floats your boat. It's corn, isn't it? So it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I number one. This was the first Marvel film, and I'm ignoring Hulk for the purposes of this conversation. This was the first Marvel film, and so this got me hook, line, and sinker into the whole concept. It has to get kudos for this. Uh, number two, it's a fabulously entertaining film from start to finish. It's just non-stop uh, tension, comedy, um, action. Uh, it's just fantastic all the way through. I was really struggling because I kind of didn't want to give it more than Captain America the f because I love Captain America so much. But actually, in the cold light of day, it is better than the first Captain America movie, albeit marginally. Um, and I didn't want my perhaps my prejudices of Captain America as a, as a character throughout the universe to perhaps cast a little bit of a prejudice on where I rank this film. This film is definitely one of the strongest ones of the MCU without any shadow of a doubt. And it was a bang away to start off a whole new universe. It got me involved, so it has to get the best score out oh, of the three. Wow. So, so at the moment, mine is uh, Iron Man 1, 9 out of 10, Captain America, 8 out of 10, and number three, Captain Marvel, 7 out of 10. Right. Favourite characters. Now, I do feel like I'm going to have to start sending the list because this is going to get awfully complicated. It's getting complicated. really complicated already. I think Latham should go first because I always like to know what your thoughts are on the characters. Well, would you like me to send you the current? Get easy, Iron Man's top. So, <laughs> let's start off with that. Well, let me send you Let me send you your list Is it a WhatsApp in it? Okay, so, are you ready? <laughs> yeah. I literally wait two weeks for this moment. So we're going to have to, without a shadow of a doubt, is I'm, I'm going to send the list at the end of this show. I think I'll send you the list. That would help, and then you can we can have it, time to I, think I, about it. Didn't it. Yeah, it didn't occur to me. Right, so let me uh, 
get to right. So lay them. Let me read out your list at the moment. So number one. Anyway, I'll finish that because we'll get a lawsuit. So your favourite characters: number one, Talos from Captain Marvel. Number two, Red Skull. You're going very baddy front loading. Number three, Bucky Barnes. Number number four, Captain America. Five, Peggy Carter. Agent Peggy Carter, number six, Run and the Accuser, uh, number seven, a name Armin Zola. I was, wasn't going to attempt that, and then number eight, Nick Fury. A lot of baddies on there, aren't there? <laughs> All of a baddie. Okay, yeah, so do. we're gonna we're gonna move, so we're gonna move up this thing to um, Iron Man is number one. Yep. So we can move them down, make it easier for now. Um, okay. Because I'm gonna keep Nick Fury at whatever it is, which will probably move down to number nine. Yeah. Um, we're going to throw in Happy Hogan at 10. Oh, I forgot about Happy. He wasn't really in the film that much. How are you? All right. Yeah, because, not... because I obviously, as you're well aware from last oh, season's God. episode, um, tactically cho- choose my Well, characters. you see, this causes you a problem because you can't now add anyone else to your list. No, but I can delete ones now, can't I? Well, I suppose you can, yeah. Which I've purposely moved them down to allow them to fall off the list organically. Well, they're not because you've just put Happy Hogan in at 10, so he'll fall off organically. That's great. That's exactly what I want. Right, okay. but then does that mean Fury's going to fall off the list? Can you not move Fury up the list? My list, love, just shut up. Yeah, you can move him <laughs> around anywhere. Okay. Um, I might move him to number 11 because obviously that's a good score, isn't it? So, um, so got, uh, Iron Man's number one. We've got Happy Hogan at number, number 10. Yeah. And number nine, we'll throw in Pepper Potts. Is that above or below Fury? I'm going to put it above, actually, yeah. And what I might do... Wow, that's really low. For now, it is. Don't you worry, love. Don't you worry, it'll make sense. Uh, I'm going to remove Armin Zola. I'm going to... This is going to get all that. We need to give him a couple 24 hours to to shuffle this. Okay. I need Well, actually, to be fair, if you want me to do that, I can certainly do that. I'll make it easier for you. I'm also editing. Um, I uh, remove Armin Zola and throw in Ironmonger. And I'm going Ironmonger because that's the character that I like that's Obadiah in his suit but that's a shitty stain leave him you don't like Obadiah more you like Red Skull still more than Obadiah yeah I do yeah really yeah well think what he can do Obadiah's just a man in a suit what can Red Skull do massive well massive but Red Skull's dead <clears throat> as We've I said tactical, tactical yeah. voting continue yeah so that's it for now okay yeah Splendid. Some jiggery-pokery, um, but yes, some tactical manoeuvring after dark. Now, Ish, do you want to go next? No, you go. Okay, so I've gone in quite hard and heavy with this one. Uh, I've gone in with... Well, I've, I've considered five characters in my list, but actually, because that now takes me up to 14, there's people who are going to lose out. So um, I've got Captain America number one, new entry, number two, Iron Man. Number two. Yeah. Uh, Because I prefer Cap. I'm Team Cap. Uh, Number three, Coulson. Gotta love a bit of Coulson. Defo. Number four, Pepper Potts. So two, three, and four are all associated with this film largely. I haven't put Coulson in before now because I think this is the first time we get to see Mm. sort of the funny, cute, cool little Coulson knocking about. Five's Nick Fury. Six is Talos from Captain Marvel. Uh, Seven's Peggy Carter. Eight's Red Skull. Nine's Bucky Barnes. Number ten is Jarvis. 
because I like Jarvis. I, I would love to have a Jarvis in my life. I know we've got Siri, but Siri's a pain in the ass and never does anything and interrupts you while you're recording because you mentioned the word Siri and he goes, hello, how can I help you? And you go, fuck <laughs> off. Um, which means that in number 11, I've put the hand machine from Iron Man because I love hand machine. In number 11? Oh, God. Yeah. Well, I can only have 10, so he misses out. Uh, Flurkin, who was in my top 10, he's dropped out. Mm. Uh, Captain Marvel is bluff. <laughs> Flurkin, <laughs> she drops out. She's now 13th. Rightly so. And Rhodey's 14th because I like the character, but I obviously don't like the guy who's playing him right this second. Yeah. So that may well be revisited in future times. Who knows? It's Although tactical. I'm already very quickly realising, 10's not an awful lot of places. <laughs> it's not, is it? I'm already getting stressed out. I know. Well, but what three movies in of 25? I know. So. Oh, shit. Okay. So just to recap, for the benefit of the listeners, your current top six, you've only got six characters at the minute. Uh, you've got number one, Bucky Barnes, because he's got big muscles that you want to rub. <laughs> number two is Talos, because he's got a big baldy head you want to rub. <laughs> uh, number three, Red Skull, see Talos uh, <laughs> description. Uh, four, Captain America. You hater. <laughs> uh, number five, Nick Fury. And number six, the big pussy in Captain Marvel. Would you want to rub? I can't even when you say that. Right. Um, Iron Man, number one. Ooh. Above Bucky. Yeah. Why? Sorry, Bucky. His character had more depth and in an attempt to be less superficial. I'm trying to make amends somehow. Two. Bucky, no. So, two, Coulson. So, you're putting Coulson above Bucky? Yeah. Wow, Bucky's... Wow. I think Bucky must have farted in bed. Can <laughs> I put your covers over your head? <laughs> oh, lad. Have you rung him to tell him or did you text him? No, I'm going to put him on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I've been tagging him in everything. <laughs> did you dump him via TikTok? So you've been spamming the shit out of him on social media now you've just Basically, ditched him yeah. from first to third. Every, every opportunity I get to tag the character and <laughs> the, the actor, I'm totally doing it. <laughs> Oh, my word. Yeah, because it might make us famous. Anyway, um, so Coulson's two. Bucky, so Pepper, five. Above or below Red Skull? Above Red Skull. And that's it. Oh, wait, 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 wait. And Big Bad, I'm going to put him in six above Red Skull. So Obi. Obi's in six. I liked his character. So you're putting Obadiah Stane above Captain America? Yeah. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Well, Who invited was... her? <laughs> but he was my... This you? is my favourite film. <laughs> yeah, Mark. <laughs> Can I retract my invitation? <laughs> Captain America down at number 454. Look, this is the best film I've seen so far, so pretty much every character in this film is going to be like the top. What, including the, the cleaner? No. Obi Stain, yeah. Obi Stain. That's what I call him. We all meet Obi. So, yeah, now it's Iron Man, Coulson, Bucky, Talos, Pepper, Obi, Red Skull, Captain America, Nick Fury, and the Flurkin. I'm happy with that. Okay. So, that brings us then to this episode. What's the next show we're going to be watching? Iron Man 2. I don't think those those lists are going to change that much then. (laughs) (laughs) We should make next week's episode really quick. Well, maybe like that. If you, if, I'll if, just if, recycle if, the notes of yeah. news for this one. Yeah, just cut and paste to a Michael Bay. But is it is it like 
a good storyline. Well, we're we not telling you. You're going to have to watch it. Okay. We're not no, giving you any insight. What I'm saying is, because it's Iron Man 2, if you liked Iron Man 1, your top one probably may well be... I'm assuming that there's a new big bad, though. Yeah. The world will know. They just basically bring everyone back from the first one. Go, <laughs> well, you know that woman who never saw us before? She liked us. Let's bring us back for Iron Man 2. I'm looking forward to it. I'm all on the MCU train now. Well... Check us out on social media We're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter At The Two Marks Where you can see all our posts You can see some of the stuff that we've, with Some of the cuts and the clips We'll post our top tens on there So you can all enjoy the wonders Of our, our insights um, That's always a treat I never know what's coming I love it As I've already said Captain America and Captain Marvel Are already out there for you to listen to Marvel So go and listen yeah, well, It will be at the time oh, of this right, coming yeah, out true. Um and this one will be out two weeks after the Captain Marvel. Yes. So whatever date that is. Let us know what your thoughts are. Watch Iron Man 2, because Iron Man 2 we will be reviewing and releasing two weeks after uh, this goes out. So if you do listen to this show and Iron Man 2, our review, isn't out yet, then by all means, throw us some questions, direct messages, send us an email, the two marks at thepodstation.co.uk, and we're happy to read out thoughts, opinions. If you want to tell us what your top ten is up to this point, let us know. My pull out of the pocket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and we'll, we'll go through. So, guys, ish. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Are you excited for this next this next step in your, your your adventure? Yeah. How am I doing on the nerd level, guys? You are getting up. She's better than me. I no, was at this sorry. stage. Oh, leave them. Really, am I not meeting your expectations? I am I trying to study. Oh, okay. <laughs> God wow. damn, that was a dagger to the well, art. Well, not really. I'm not disappointed then, am I? Well, no, the you're, like my, you're like my Marvel god, dude. Like, Well, yeah, but like I can say, he put himself down. I want only three movies in. I think you're doing marvellously well. Oh, behave Thank yourselves. Cheers. You, She's nerded out more and done far more research at this point than I did. <laughs> I just just used you and as we've established I've just copyrighted everything. Dining out. I can't wait. I'm a millionaire. I'm gonna buy myself an Iron Man suit. <laughs> to be fair, if I'm being serious, I have actually looked in getting an Iron Man suit. They um, are, they are I think expensive. I think everybody should look wait out for the picture of you in your shirt today. That's I never know when that's gonna happen. I'll probably turn up to a Friday morning meeting and next minute it'll be on the Instas. Oh yeah, true. Right. Thanks for listening, guys. Yes, tune in next time. Excelsior! Get social at The Two Marks on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Also check them out on YouTube.